everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Katherine Perry, and I'm so excited to be sharing space with you today. If you're new to the Imaginal, well, actually, you're probably new because by this time, this might be about the fourth episode, probably somewhere around there, so you're probably new. But what we do on this podcast is we are exploring the different archetypes of the archetype stack created by Kim Kranz. I'm so thankful for her deck because it has radically changed the way that I have perceived this world and everything that's in it. And what the archetypes do is they provide us a powerful lens with which we can understand and perceive love and how we are all connected as one universal family. So in each episode, we will be taking a different or a look at a different archetype, the story of a different archetype in every single episode and kind of see how they all connect to one another. And I find that whenever I'm talking about the archetypes, I'm always learning so much more about how they can really expand my heart. Really, they show me how to love more deeply and how to understand and connect on a deeper level every single time I engage with them and I channel their love and wisdom. So today we will be talking about the underworld. And the underworld actually came up if, I mean, so I'm recording this actually before I post them. So, but this one The Underworld was briefly covered in the episode about the father archetype. So every single episode, I have one archetype that the story revolves around and then three other archetypes that support that story. So today the focus will be the Underworld, but we will also be looking at the prayer, the shadow, and the judge. And What is so beautiful about these archetypes is that they all support one another in allowing us to go even deeper. So I could probably talk about the underworld by itself for a couple of hours. You know, I've channeled that long for just one archetype, but I find that the stories are so much more interesting and so much more dynamic when you pull in other archetypes to support the one that you want to learn more about. So if that's not clear to you how that works, I'm sure it will be as we continue. So I was really, really excited to talk about the underworld today because that kind of, for me, this archetype summarizes, or I think it really captures what it is a lot of us are feeling right now. And it's not to say that, I mean, Probably a little bit more so. We might have all been a little bit more connected to the underworld a couple of months ago, you know, when we were really in the thick of 
I want to say, you know, quarantine coronavirus or about a month ago when the Black Lives Matter movement started. You know, there was a lot of and the underworld isn't bad. You know, we're going to get into that because every single archetype has a light and a shadow. And coincidentally, one of the cards that is going to support our exploration of the underworld today is the shadow. So we have, again, I believe I said this, the prayer the shadow, and the judge. So just keep those in mind. But I will, of course, reference them, you know, during this discussion. The underworld, just like any other archetype, is neither good or bad. All of them have, and this is why I'm so excited to share this with you, all of them have a light and shadow expression within them. So you don't necessarily need to listen to the discussion and conversation about the father, but I believe the father is the message, the transmission that talks a lot about duality. Yes, I'm 99.9% sure that that episode is about our relationship with duality, the divine feminine, the divine masculine, and... So that might be very, very helpful to listen to, but I'm sure we will also, you know, cover duality today. The underworld, it, it's interesting to think about how the underworld can have a light expression. And the way that the underworld has a light expression is through embracing those, all of the cards, every single card I believe, has the light expression when you embrace the card, no matter what the story is, with love and with an open mind and an open heart. An open mind and an open heart is really all that you need when you are exploring these archetypes. And chances are, if you're listening to this, you know, you're definitely open-minded and you definitely have an open heart. The, I believe that there is... I can, I can understand why, you know, it might seem that some stories of certain archetypes are easier to embrace than others. And cards such as, you know, the underworld or the shadow, they might seem a little bit more difficult to navigate. However, the... No matter which card that you are experiencing or, you know, which one, whichever one that you are learning about or you are, no matter which one you are listening to me discuss, they all have just, they all have an incredible amount. They just have a wealth of love that is waiting to be awakened within each card. So, for example, think to the last time that you might have had something that you might describe as an underworld experience. And I'm refraining from, you know, talking too much about the underworld before you think on, you know, what that would mean to you. Because even, I mean, what I want you to do here is, you know, before I give, you know, whatever it is that, you know, I have to say about the card, think about, you know, when you might have been through something that you would personally describe as an underworld experience. Because what matters more than what I'm saying about the cards is your own relationship, you know, with the cards. So I definitely want to, you know, start that earlier rather than later. But when I think about 
my personal underworld experiences, I feel as if it's it's one of those, I mean, not to sound, you know, crazy cliche, but the reason why I love the underworld so much, and the underworld and the shadow. So the underworld and the shadow are two separate cards, but they are similar in story in that whenever I've been through an underworld experience, I have always found myself loving of myself and other people far more deeply than I could have ever imagined before. And so that's why that's one of our key archetypes, right? One of the 78 that we all experience. They all, all of the archetypes, all of them show us how to love, care, and support and, you know, hold space for ourselves. But I would say the underworld and the shadow... It's kind of like they show you how to love the unexpected. So, I mean, there are cards with perhaps, I guess, what you could say lighter stories, um, if that's how you wanted to describe it. But, you know, there are cards where, you know, I think it's a little bit more obvious as to how you could love that aspect of yourself. And what I really like about the underworld specifically is that it not only shows you that you can love the unexpected or it not only shows you how to love the unexpected but it also shows you that you do have the capacity to love the unexpected all of these cards have infinite manifestations right so the way that i experience the underworld is not the same way that you experience the underworld there are so many different ways that the card can show up right And what it shows us is that, you know, I think that, so we're all on this linear timeline, right? And we can't necessarily predict what is going to happen in the future and, you know, what will come up. When you go through an underworld experience, one that is, you know, something, just any experience where you thought, you know, I could never, you know, make it through this. And, you know, part of that is right. You know, when you go, you, we all, I think we all know people that have, you know, had some really, really intense underworld experiences because they went in one way and they came out another way. So in some ways, you know, that is, you know, correct. You know, there is like some sort of metaphorical death associated with the underworld in that you go into the underworld one way and then you come out another. So technically, yes, you know, a little part of you may not have survived. But what it shows us is, you know, when we thought that that was, you know, I think there are all moments where we can think back and think, you know, that was the hardest thing that I had ever gone through at the time. And, you know, you think that that is like, at the time, you know, when you were experiencing that and that was your present moment, at the time, that was the most difficult thing that you could have ever imagined. And what it shows us is, you know, no matter what that thing is, no matter what the most, you know, I guess difficult or the most impossible thing that we could have ever imagined, we are absolutely able to go through that. And yes, maybe you know, a part of ourselves is shedded in the process, but we know that we are able to come out on the other side. 
the reason why I'm so excited to talk about this, especially in conjunction with the shadow, is because I feel like right now, and I would say, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, you know, when everything just started happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, there was a lot of talk within the spiritual wellness community, mystical community. I keep forgetting. I'm like, I need a new name for that. There was a lot of talk in that community about spiritual bypassing and shadow work and like all of this, you know, stuff. And I feel as if, okay, so the only thing that I guess bothers me, I guess bothers slash inspires me because I really do think that the things that bother us, you know, if something bothers us or like kind of gets us going inside, we're meant to kind of redefine what that means to us on a personal level. So I think that, you know, the concepts of, you know, like self-love and shadow work It's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like those are just such personal experiences and they are such individual experiences. And what's happening now is a couple of things. Number one, I feel like it's been talked about so much and that kind of, and like, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great that there are so many open discussions about this concept of shadow work. However, I think that like it's almost as if the conversations are taking away from the individuality of that process and it's kind of preventing us and this ties into the prayer actually really, really well. It's preventing us from kind of, you know, confronting, I guess, what you would call our own shadows in our own way, especially when we do go through these underworld experiences. So the way that we are connected and social media is kind of like a double-edged sword, right? It's so great to be able to connect with people from all over the world that are going through the same things that you are, especially when you know, the people around you, you know, your immediate friends, family, peers, they might not be interested in the same things. So I love like social media, Instagram for that exact reason, because, you know, my my immediate family, they I mean, they know exactly, you know, what it is that I love to do and what it is that I love to talk about. They just don't understand it, you know. So I'm definitely blessed in that way that, you know, they love me for who I am, but that doesn't necessarily mean that this is their thing, you know? So that's why social media is so beneficial in that because then I can be involved in conversations, you know, that I would not be able to be involved in if it wasn't for, you know, technology in the ways in which we can connect, you know, because my friends, you know, they are beautiful, beautiful people, but we are just like, we are on two separate pages when it comes to any of this, you know? However, I feel as if, 
I, I think it's honestly, it's the intention of how we use, you know, these tools and all of this technology to connect. Because I think at first, you know, it was more about connecting with like-minded people that you would not have been able to connect with otherwise, you know, if it wasn't for social media. Now, social media is a marketing playground. And, you know, people, I think that's like more of what it is. You know, people are marketing to you exactly how to, you know, engage with your shadow and how to, you know, develop like relationships with yourself. And I think that that is extremely detrimental to a lot of things. Um, And this is how it ties into the prayer. So the prayer for me, which, okay, so I actually did record an episode about the prayer, but I'm thinking it's actually going to come after this one. The two were connected, so I guess it doesn't really matter which one comes first. Um, That'll just depend on what I do in post-production. The prayer to me, just so, you know, things don't get repeated too much. Again, there is the physical act of the prayer, and then there is the archetypal prayer, right? So we are all, we all have our own prayer practices. If you choose, we all have our own rituals. And then that's the physical act of the prayer. You know, for example, you know, one of my favorite ways to pray is to sing and to like play an instrument. Again, I probably mentioned this somewhere and I'll probably say it again. I have a horrible singing voice. You know, I don't sing ever. You know, I do it, you know, in quarantine. I'm with my mom. So I do it, you know, after she leaves because I'm like, this is like, I love doing this, but my voice is incredibly embarrassing when it comes to singing. Right. So that's like prayer. We all have our different ways of doing it. And then archetypal prayer, the key phrase I love for the archetype, the prayer is bowing and honoring, honoring the creative consciousness within you. So basically honoring the love within you, honoring, you know, creation within you and honoring God, honoring source, honoring spirit and whatever it is that you do or don't believe in, even if it's just the energy, even if it's just, I guess, your own consciousness, because even if you don't believe in any of those things, you know, we are conscious beings. So Whatever it is that you believe in within you, that's the archetype, the prayer. And so the prayer right now is one of my favorite cards, because to me, what it points to this idea of honoring the creative consciousness within, to me, that is the prayer is all about honoring your own individual relationship with whatever it is that you do or don't believe in. Um, I can only speak to my own experience and I am, you know, I heavily, uh, you know, believe in, you know, love, creation, source, spirit, unconditional love, you know, whatever mysterious force is within me and within you. That's, you know, what this podcast is kind of based upon. You know, I, that's a huge, huge part of my life. And so tying that back into the shadow and what I was saying about technology, what I love, I love it when technology encourages diversity and sharing of ideas and like connection. What I don't love about, you know, where technology seems to be going is 
kind of marketing and packaging something that is supposed to be a very, very, you know, personal and individualized experience. So, for instance, talking about the physical expressions of these two cards, there are so many, I guess, what you could call programs out there about how to connect to your shadow, how to do shadow work, and all of this stuff, right? Well, what if, so, and like, basically what some, only some, you know, what some people are saying is that there is a correct way to engage with the shadow or I I honestly, I think that even like trying to sell your own idea of how to connect with your shadow is, um, is kind of ridiculous only because people are meant to, you know, do that in their own way. And I don't, I don't, For me personally, I don't mind when people share ideas because it can give you your own ideas, you know? So for me, what inspired the imaginal space in the first place was, or there were, there were many reasons, but one of the key foundations of this space is to learn how to be your own guide, healer, teacher, channel, whatever it is. And it's not necessarily my way that is correct you know I can only speak on my way because that's all I know right but if anything I think what's more important is that you find your own and I think it's time that we start encouraging that and encouraging you know what honoring the creative consciousness within to me the prayer is you know learning spending more time learning about how you learn about creation and learning about how you develop your own relationship with creation and less about how somebody else does it, you know, because that can only get you so far, you know, people. So here's like a good example. I, I've had so many, and this is not about dishonoring your teachers. I have had so, so, so many beautiful teachers, you know, that have, shaped me so much and I am forever thankful for them. You know, I love them so much. The things that they have shown me, you know, in terms of how to open up, that is, that's absolutely priceless, you know? But the reason why I love, you know, I'm thinking of a couple in mind, you know, specific teachers so much is because they made it very clear, you know, I am just a space holder. You are always healing yourself. And what they taught me is not necessarily how to heal from their perspective or they never said, you know, there is one way to heal. There is, you know, blah, 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 or anything like that. Rather, what they did is they gave me, you know, tools for me to do it myself, you know? So none of them, none of the ones that I deeply admire were ever like, okay, like, here's this see you in a week, you know, because that creates dependency and that doesn't. And so this space for me is all about independence and developing your own relationship with, you know, whatever is inside of you, whatever creative consciousness is inside of you, you know, whatever it is that you connect to, whatever higher power, if you do, you know, developing that own relationship on your own terms is important because being able to hold space for yourself and going back to the underworld is so, so important because here's what will happen. If 
you know, I think it's beautiful, you know, seeking out different healers. Everybody has something to offer you. Everybody has something to teach you. And, but however, if you rely on other people to hold space for you, when you have these underworld moments, you're either going to look at it and be like, mm, yeah, I don't know if I can hold space for myself. Oh, not quite like that. You might not be thinking those exact words, but if you're not used to holding space for yourself, when underworld experiences come up, you're going to be looking outside of yourself for somebody else to fix it, for somebody else to hold space for you. And that, I don't know, that's just not something that I would want for anybody, you know, because I was there at one point in my life where I was like, you know, I know how I can, you know, I guess, I don't, I don't know, you know, at one point in my life, I just, there was a time where I was definitely dependent on other people to, you know, like show me, you know, like all of these different, I guess, healing techniques, healing modalities, or really just different ways to love. And then there came a point where I realized I just, I don't want to have to do that anymore. You know, it's not that they're not phenomenal, you know, creators, people, healers, because they really, really are. But I just, I understood that, you know, if I really want to, because for me, what's really, really important is the concept of, you know, the archetype, the prayer. It is developing my own relationship with creation. I realized if I really want to go to the next level, I have to learn how to do it myself. So that's one part of the shadow, which is why I was really excited to talk about it today in conjunction with the underworld, because I feel like it's really, really important to learn on our own terms how we connect to our own shadows, because that allows for a much deeper experience. It's not to say that Again, healers, teachers, guides, channels of all kinds can't offer up, you know, what they see. But I feel that those healers, teachers, guides, etc., that's just the beginning point. And I think what's also, you know, necessary to realize, you know, whenever you have a healing or whenever you experience a healer is that's where the healing starts, not where it ends, you know, so the end of whatever healing session or whatever it is that they provide for you, whenever you've reached the end of it, that is just the beginning. You know, you need to continue to hold space for yourself, you know, in every single moment after the healing, I guess, what I guess the physical, you know, story of the healing has ended. And it's difficult to be able to hold space for yourself if you don't you know, get used to doing that for yourself. So that's number one with the shadow is this like this marketing and like saying that there's only one way to do it. And then there's the uh, the other side, which I think is, you know, also not great, which is totally disregarding the shadow. And so I think that's what popped up a little bit more with the, you know, Black Lives Matter movement within the spiritual wellness community, the mystical community, was there was, a, I felt like I saw a lot of, you know, calling people out for, 
you know, people that specifically basically did not want to look at the archetypal shadow of what is happening in America. And so, I mean, there is. I mean, I can't I cannot speak for, you know, other countries. It's not like other countries are exempt. It's just that I've only I've spent a majority of my life in America. So I don't know anything about, you know, the racial um, landscape in other places. So it's not like I'm saying like America is horrible and then other countries are not. No, other countries have their problems. It's just that I've lived here, you know, for a majority of my life. So I'm seeing a lot of, you know, people calling out other people for not, you know, acknowledging the shadow, the archetypal shadow that we all are collectively experiencing in America is still experiencing. And what I just received about that that I found interesting is if you are not willing, it goes both ways, you know. What's going on inside of you is a reflection of, you know, what's outside of you and vice versa. So if you are unwilling If you notice yourself either A, unwilling to, you know, acknowledge and have conversations surrounding the, you know, shadow experience that America and, you know, other countries, your surroundings around you, then you're probably not willing to look at the shadows within yourself either. And this is how it ties into the prayer. And by the way, vice versa, because... What I'm like, what I'm finding, especially, you know, with now and, you know, how real change is created, you know, I, I've always been in at like a, on, I guess the, in the camp that, you know, real change is created within the heart. And for real change to occur within the heart, I really do feel that you need to arrive to your own conclusions in your own way. Hence, point number one about how, you know, right now it seems that people are saying that there is one way to engage with the shadow, one way to heal the shadow, etc. That to me is becoming more and more, I mean, I don't want to say like dangerous because that I feel is kind of an intense word for this conversation, but it is becoming, you know, increasingly dangerous just because if you, okay, it's kind of like, here's like a, like an easier example to possibly understand. Um, When you are a kid, I mean, I don't know, you know, not all kids are the same. Personally, when I was a kid, I really loved vegetables. Um... But I I realize that not all kids do. So, right, when you're a child, your parents can tell you to eat your vegetables and they can, you know, they can probably actually force you to eat your vegetables because, you know, they are your parents and, you know, you are their child. So, you know, at that point, you probably do exactly what they say, right? However, you know, whether that habit of eating vegetables from whether you are a kid continues through when you know, when you're an adult is dependent upon whether you really do understand in your own heart that vegetables are good for you, you know, because at some point, you know, when you grow up, no one's going to be telling you to eat your vegetables anymore. And I know it seems like a silly example, but it's kind of like either and habits, by the way, habits that, you know, don't aren't, you know, deeply rooted within you somewhere, they also die out. 
you know, like when I was a kid, there was no soda in this house. My mom was not a fan of soda or anything like that. Maybe when I got a little bit older, she had it in the house. And it was a habit up until, you know, I went to college. And then, you know, after rowing practice, I was sometimes I had soda with my breakfast, which is actually disgusting, you know. So it was a habit when I was younger and it carried, you know, all the way, you know, up until college. And then, you know, when I got to make more of my own decisions, I was like, hey, no one's going to stop me from you know, having soda for breakfast, you know, along with, you know, whatever else I was eating that was probably also disgusting because that's what happens like your freshman year of college. So it was like a while ago. Um, It's the same thing here. So if you don't come and then, you know, I came to my own conclusion that soda for breakfast is definitely gross and does not benefit me in any way, but I needed to know that for myself. And no one telling me like, Hey, Catherine. Hey, Katie. Like, don't do that because my parents did for years and I still chose to. So all I'm saying is, you know, those ridiculous examples aside, it is the same thing with the shadow, you know? So this is why, like, the, I guess, the process of you learning to hold space for your own shadows and learning how you do that is very, very important because, if you're able to do that for your own shadows, then the shadows, like the the way that you hold space for your shadows is going to be the exact way that you hold space for, you know, collective shadows. And, you know, people can teach you, you know, all they want about how to engage with the shadow and, you know, shadow work and, you know, all of these different things. But when push comes to shove, you need to be able to know how to do that for yourself, especially, you know, through these underworld experiences, you know, that we are going through. So yeah, back to the underworld for a little bit. The reason why it's so important for you to develop your own relationship with, you know, creation, the creative consciousness, the prayer, so is so that you can, you know, learn how to, how you uniquely hold space for your own shadow, the archetype, the shadow. Because when underworld experiences happen, you know, they happen without warning. That's number one. The underworld also is a super intense card. You know, this is like, if there was, it's kind of like the realm of like nightmares and pain, not to like, you know, I don't know, make it like too, too scary. But Or think about the underworld in mythology. You know, it's usually not a place any one of us, you know, wants to go. It just, it just so happens that that is, you know, a natural part of this experience, you know? And so when, when we are put in really, really tough, really, really stressful situations, that's when our true nature comes out. One of my friends a while ago was asking me if she thought that people could really, really change. I feel like that is a question that so many of us have asked at one point. Um, But she was, you know, going through some stuff and she was, you know, genuinely wondering, that was the question on her heart. Can people actually change? You know, is like real sustainable change possible? And 
For me, the answer is yes. You know, I do believe that real sustainable change is possible, but you kind of, you need to arrive to that change on your own terms, number one. And then also after that, we were talking a little bit more about how do you know? And what came through for me in that moment is sometimes, honestly, the only way you really know is when you are put in a very, very dark, very, very tough situation the way and you'll see, you know, by observing how it is that you react and how you connect and how you interact with that situation, whether it is that you have really actually changed or not, because a lot of people. And so this is a good example of the prayer and the shadow. You know, we do. And by the way, this is all great, you know, investigating yourself, getting to know yourself on a deeper level engaging with your shadows, etc. That is all beautiful. However, you only know whether it really, really did change you or not when you do go through these darker experiences. Because and like usually when I say darker, I mean, you know, more painful, more stressful situations because those bring out what it is that you would naturally do because, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, like everybody's talking about like meditation and their crystals and, you know, all of this stuff. But when push comes to shove and you are in the thick of it and it just happens because things do just happen and they happen without warning, it's like, okay, where are your, where's your meditation and where's your crystals now? You know? So for example, for me personally, I knew I was I was wondering for a long, long time, you know, there there was a point in my life where I was like, I definitely need to make a change because actually of a, a whole collection of probably underworld experiences that I was going through. And I just decided I need to change. And I I am the one that really, really, really needs to change. And I need this change to be sustainable and at the time, I wasn't really sure how that was going to happen, but I, I just knew I was like, it's time I have to change. And it had by any means necessary. I don't care how it comes, but something has to change. Right. And for years, I was wondering, you know, did I really change or not? You know, especially I feel especially right now, you know, with people who are, I guess, you know, really into you know, taking a really hard look at themselves and developing on a deeper, more personal level. You can be, you know, sometimes it can go the opposite way. You know, you can always be pushing to change more, change more, change more, and you don't actually realize how much you have changed. But, you know, for me, I was wondering, have I actually changed? Like, I I mean, I feel like I have, but I can't really tell, you know, I'm always thinking about different things, you know, because for me, this whole like mystical, you know, all of this stuff was not a thing for me for a long time. So, you know, I figured, oh, well, you know, the story of my life definitely has changed, but I was really, really wondering if my heart had changed or not. And it was only until, you know, I went through another underworld experience after that I noticed, oh, wow. I really have changed 
because this is my natural reaction now and before it was entirely different. And it's a, it is a lot more clear for me to see because I kept a journal for a very, very long time and it was very extensive. And so I am grateful for that because that made it very, very clear, you know, when I would flip back through old journal entries, like, wow, this seems like a totally different person, you know, how I react to situations. And I'm not saying that like, I'm like, you know, perfect model now, but that is where also the underworld can be useful because it can show us, you know, in the thick of it, in those really, you know, darker, you know, more intense, more stressful moments, you know, who it is we really are, you know? And so back to the prayer in the shadow, it can also, the underworld, experiencing the, uh, the underworld in general, what it does is it highlights what are, what are our relationships with creation like, you know? Because again, we can do whatever we want, during the day when everything's super chill and everything's super cool, we can be taking our baths with our essential oils, which is something I love to do, by the way. You know, we can be with our crystals, which is also something I loved in the past. So it's not about the physical item. It's just, you know, what matters, what matters more than, you know, whatever it is that you are learning is how you are integrating it. And so the underworld and this is all this is also a great example of why, you know, not to avoid the underworld. Because I think I was talking about that a little bit earlier with the shadow. You know, because some people, you know, when this mess, you know, with Black Lives Matter, you know, incident after incident, you know, started happening because there were just there was like a string of them and you know everything just kind of exploded. They just put their heads in the sand and they were like, I just don't want to. So the underworld, as I said earlier, has, like every other archetype, a light expression and a dark expression. And so when you think about the, you know, the underworld in mythology, the underworld is a beautiful opportunity to face your deepest fears and achieve a new level of depth than when you originally arrived in the underworld, right? That's the light side, you know, because again, the story is, it is what it is, right? And so when we embrace it with love, we are met with a new sense of depth and we faced our deepest fears and we integrated them and we know that we can handle it next time, right? Uh, the dark side or the shadow side of that would be denying anything or, you know, suppressing something. So, a little bit of like, you know, there there has there have been so many conversations surrounding spiritual bypassing, especially I want to say a couple of weeks ago. That was like a huge, huge thing. And I'm glad that the conversations are continuing because quite frankly, we need to we have to like continue to talk about them. But yes, the shadow sides would definitely be denial of the underworld in the first place suppression, and then just acting with unconsciousness. It is, I guess it's incredible, I guess it is incredibly easy, you know, to deny, suppress that, you know, the underworld is something that we all experience because some people do, you know, want to put their heads in the sand because it's not the, 
what's interesting about it is all of these cards, all of these archetypes, experiences, they do come from love, you know, because it's either one of two things, you know, they, all of them, you know, whatever, all of them are ways for you to love and show up for other people and yourself or they are, you know, opportunities to learn more about love. And the underworld and the shadow are hands down some of the most, and probably apocalypses, but that's not in this spread. The underworld and the shadow are some of the most important cards in terms of, you know, what I was talking about earlier. Loving what it is that you thought you could not love before. So these are very two intense experiences of opportunities for revealing love in a place that like you in your mind didn't know have you know contained love even though everything does but sometimes we need to go through you know certain experiences just to learn that there is love there too and there is love in also the sharing of those experiences you know to help other people you know get through whatever it is that they need to get through that's not available to you if you deny, suppress, and if you are unconscious about, you know, these kinds of archetypes, right? What you are doing, and this is why I was like, ooh, yay, the shadow, because I finally get to talk about this. What you're doing is you're kind of, and this is where it ties into duality, it's kind of like you're denying half of the human experience. So if you're only, and this also you know, ties into the conversation of spiritual bypassing and the conversations surrounding love and light, we are one, etc. There is an entire page dedicated under the FAQs section on the website because, I mean, none of those phrases, and I won't like spend too much time on this, none of those phrases are inherently bad. It's the intention, you know? And some of them might be a little bit outdated, as I, you know, wrote about there. Some of them are a little bit outdated just because they don't, you know, reflect, they don't capture both sides of duality. So love and light, for example, that's not necessarily, it's not a bad phrase on its own. You know, words are inherently neutral. It's the intention. So using the words love and light to disempower yourself and other people by basically denying half of this human experience. So, you know, if let's just say, I don't know, let's do some math here. If, you know, half of the human experience was made of light and then half is like the half is like the light expression, half is like the shadow expression. Then by saying that there's only love and light, you're denying the other half. And so what's interesting is that light Light and dark, they're both sides of the same coin. You know, they are both made of love. It's just that they are just, they're two different stories, two different narratives, two different kinds of opportunities to love in the first place. And so by denying the shadow, what you're doing is you are just denying more opportunities to love. And so, and that's what we really need right now. You know, this space is all about learning how to love and care for one another on a deeper level. And a huge part of that is not denying, suppressing and, you know, being unconscious when, you know, underworld, when the underworld and the shadow come up, 
You know, that's not what we want to be doing. And also, again, tying it back into the prayer, we also don't want to, you know, find ourselves in these situations where we can't hold space for ourselves. And, you know, when we're in the thick of it, we're thinking, oh, well, what did this person have to say about it? Or, oh, what did my teacher guru have to say about this? No, you know, because what you're going to do, what you're going to do is, or what you're going to find is you're going to find yourself in these situations where you just don't have time. You know, not everything happens, you know, super slowly where you can kind of try and like think like, oh, um, you know, it just, it doesn't work that way. You know, like, oh, what was that one passage I read in this one book? Or what was that one thing Catherine said on this podcast? You know, even this, you know, all of these podcasts, I enjoy talking about the archetypes so much, so much so that if no one ever listened to this, that would be totally fine with me because I, you know, for me, I journaled for years and years and years. And this is just something that is, it's quite like that, you know, besides, you know, adding in some intro music and some outro music or something like that. If no one even saw this, wouldn't even matter. So it's not about the information. It's more about the message that, you know, showing up for yourself and showing up for your own space holder as your own space holder is what is really needed, especially you know, in times when we are all collectively going through an underworld experience, but also when you're going through one by yourself, you know, on an individual level, you know, when you are going through the underworld on an individual level, also knowing that you are your own space holder, that helps a lot, you know, when it comes to embracing the light expression, embracing the underworld with love. Because there, there's kind of like two tracks and they, they are cycles that feed into each other. So if you know how to hold space for yourself, you know, you know how to engage with your shadow, you know how to honor the creative consciousness within you, you're more likely, I mean, this is not based on probability or anything. This is just, I don't even know. But Chances are you might be more open. Let's say that. Let's not say likely because that implies like statistics. And I haven't done that since high school. So what happens is when you are your own space holder and you're used to that, you know, you're probably more open, more inclined to embracing underworld experiences when they come. And then those underworld experiences, when you're open to them, you know, then comes the depth and, you know, you face whatever it is that you need to face. And then in turn, what that does is it feeds into itself and you also fine tune your own relationship with creation. You also learn more about how you engage with your shadow, right? So it's, it's the, I don't know, what is it? There's like a phrase, the gift that keeps on giving or the giving tree, I don't know. Probably it's, I don't know if it's the tree one, actually. I know that's a book, but that's like not what this is. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So as you learn more about how you are your own healer, your own channel, your own guide, you trust, you trust yourself. You know, you have that relationship with yourself and you trust yourself, you know, to guide yourself through the underworld and back out. Right. And so when you come back out, you're like, oh, this is how I engaged with XYZ during this underworld experience. 
this is, you know, it revealed, it highlighted so much about my relationship with creation. I can take a deeper look at that. It highlighted probably a lot about my shadows. I can take a deeper look at that. You continue to hold space for the creative consciousness within you. You hold space for the shadow within yourself. You also learn how to do that for other people because that's also what this is about, you know, holding space for, you know, just also even just learning that you have your own individual relationship with creation and honoring that within yourself. That teaches you so much about how, you know, when somebody else with a completely different relationship, you know, comes into your life, how to honor that, you know, in the spirit of honoring that diversity and, you know, you're in the spirit of inclusivity. So for instance, I've probably said a million times by now, you know, whatever you believe in is cool with me because the thing about what it is that I believe in is that, you know, We all have our own personal, you know, concepts of truth, you know, understandings of the energy around us, understandings of the mystery, you know, our own theories and, you know, our own interpretations. My whole understanding of that is I have my own and somebody else has theirs and they're not even meant to be the same, you know? They're not even meant to be remotely the same. You know, if we are really, you know, diving into this spirit of diversity here, I hope that they're not even, you know, remotely the same. And it doesn't mean that mine is less correct than theirs. What matters more is that mine works for me and yours works for you. And that's, you know, I think one of the most important things that we can learn, you know. And even if somebody thinks there is one truth, And that truth is, you know, the truth of, you know, whatever it is that they believe in, there is still space with that within mine, you know, not to confuse you too much. But what the prayer does, what really learning about your own relationship with creation does is it teaches you, you know, the more and it comes through holding space from, you know, for yourself, by the way, Um, the more you can hold space for your, you know, individual, unique, personal relationship with creation you can understand how important that is for other people to do that for themselves. And you can understand that it's not important that you are, you know, saying like, this is mine, you know, this is what needs to be done. This is how you experience, you know, your creative consciousness. No, you know, through the prayer, it really allows us to open up to all interpretations of creation. And what you really understand is that What's more important than yours being correct is that somebody arrived to their own conclusions on their own terms, you know, so that way when they encounter their shadow, they can also, you know, embrace themselves, embrace their shadows on their own terms. And then so when the underworld comes up, they know exactly what they need to do. You know, their hearts are leading the way because they are connected to their heart. That's one way. You know, that's the way of, you know, embracing the underworld, you know, with love. The other way is, you know, if you are in the shadow expression of that, then, yeah, you're avoiding it. You are. So it again, it's like a different cycle, but it is a cycle, you know, all in the same in that. If you are if you have no idea you know, how to hold space for yourself, how to be, you know, your own healer, etc. When the underworld comes up, either, you know, A, you're just going to be like, 
I don't want to deal with this ever. Um, or B, you know, you look to, you know, whatever it is that you've learned from somebody else, you know, holding space for you. Both are problematic in that, you know, every single time the underworld comes up, you're more and more wary of, you know, how am I going to deal with this the next time? Because the the only difference is, you know, being your own space holder, that comes from a lot of strength of the heart, you know? And so when you know you have that strength build up, you're like, there's nothing I can't deal with. Even when I don't have any idea what it is, I know that I can like embrace it, shower it with love, learn how there are opportunities for love interwoven into this underworld experience, etc. If you don't do that, you might be wary of, you know, when those experiences come up, you might even avoid them. And then it prevents you from further learning how to hold space for yourself. So that is, you know, also something that's important. So now the judge. So I believe I will post an entire thing about the judge. I actually recorded it before I decided I was even going to do a podcast. But since this card is here today, I think I'll just post it. And if you want to give it a listen, you know, you can do that. I think actually, yes, because it will save a lot of time. I'm always trying to like shorten these a little bit to make them a little bit more digestible. But yeah, so I'll definitely post that. So if you want a more in-depth conversation surrounding the judge, you can definitely look on, at the very least, it is definitely posted on the website under the blog or the journal. I believe it's it's definitely labeled journal. The judge... So the word that comes through whenever I see the judge is neutrality consciousness. And so what does that mean? So there's a lot of themes here about, you know, duality, light and shadow, you know, embracing the shadow. And the judge is also connected to that idea because what do judges do? You know, at least here in America, you know, we have we trust in this, you know, judicial system, which is just another topic um, altogether. But what we do is we tr- we hire and we, you know, trust judges to look at both sides of, you know, whatever it is that's going on and then to make a decision from a neutral perspective. So that's why I call it neutrality consciousness. And so I love that the judge came up with the underworld specifically because... Neutrality consciousness is something that has really helped me when it has come to, especially, I would say, the underworld. So what do I mean by that? So for me, the phrase that goes along with neutrality consciousness is no matter what it is that you are experiencing or, you know, whatever it is that is happening, there is an opportunity for love here. So that just neutralizes everything, you know, so whether you think there's like a positive or negative, you know, I guess, narrative associated with some sort of experience or an archetype, they are all opportunities to love deeper. And so that's what really, I mean, and I think that finding your own phrase, you know, in the spirit, again, of diversity, 
finding your own phrase of neutrality will help a lot, you know, when you are in underworld experiences. So, you know, I mean, it's not like a mantra because I think a mantra is is an entirely different thing. So just like a phrase, I mean, also maybe affirmate, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a mantra affirmation or what you would call it. So I'm just calling it a phrase, but what's more important is that, you know, and I guess this is kind of like what I would leave you thinking about here is what is the phrase of neutral, you know, the phrase, a phrase in the spirit of the judge, in the spirit of neutrality that would be helpful in my underworld experiences. So, I mean, there are a couple of, you know, for me that work. So, but, you know, I do think that, you know, phrases like this and like affirmations, that's another great example of you need to come up with it on your own or else I don't think it really works, you know, because think about it. There are like, there are millions of, you know, affirmations, mantras, phrases out there. And I think that, I mean, again, I don't really know. There, there is a certain type where, you know, you know, associated with like yoga and like Kundalini yoga and they, there's like a whole science behind that. So I'm not necessarily talking about those. Those might be mantras. But when it comes to, I believe, affirmations and, you know, more casual phrases, I think it's really, really important to come up with your own. And so when you are in those experiences, it's it, it what it all is, it's in the spirit of holding space for yourself, you know, because even if you repeat, you know, like an affirmation or a phrase like every single day, when it comes down to it and you're experiencing the underworld, those phrases, they if there's anything I've learned, it's that they really do need to come from your heart. And again, I know how like how cheesy that sounds, but that for me, when I am in difficult situations, And I have said, you know, something that I came up with or for me, you know, it it is a little bit different for me just because I don't I don't actually think it. I just receive it. You know, I just hear it. So, okay, so, yeah, that I mean, uh, maybe for you, too. So it is a little bit different, you know, in those moments, you know, and by the way, my phrases have changed over time. So I think that's also important. So. For it, it, it really just depends on what your relationship is, you know, with creation, creative consciousness, etc. Uh, for me personally, what happens is when I am experiencing any form of the underworld, the 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 correct phrase I just hear it, you know, just kind of comes in in like a download form. But it always works because it came from me. That's kind of the point. So. I'm not saying that you have to hear anything or like channel anything or download anything, but it does need to come. It needs to come from your heart in some way, shape or form, you know? So even, and like, again, for me, it changes, you know, there are tons of phrases that like came through for me and they were, you know, great for me at the time. But when I look at them now, I'm like, that doesn't really help me very much. Or I can see how it did at the time that it came through But as of right now, that's not very useful 
to me anymore. You know? So the important part is like, and this is, again, where the prayer comes in. You always need to be holding space for yourself. If there's one thing that I've learned, the holding space, it never stops. And so that's the other thing about, you know, outsourcing for your healing is that it's it's just the practice, you know? So it's like you're either practicing holding space for yourself, you know, and like doing that for yourself or you're practicing outsourcing your healing whenever you need it. And what you really need to be doing is learning how to hold space for yourself in every single moment all the time. Which I know sounds intense, but it's really, it's it's not, you know? It just means that you go within instead of going without. All of this is really just to support your ability to integrate love wherever you are and to not feel like you can't handle it or like you have to suppress or, you know, like just turn a blind eye to what's happening. Like that, I feel like that's like the theme of you know, this whole, like these four cards. Again, the underworld, the prior, the shadow, the judge. What we really want to be able to do here is, you know, what when I say, you know, becoming our own space holders, and I will leave you with this thought, you know, for me, what I've learned about healing and you know, this This is something for another time. I had to do a lot of, you know, redefining, you know, in terms of just what does healing mean to me? And a large part of that is learning how to hold space for every single aspect of life, you know? And whether it's the light or the shadow expression within the light or the shadow expression of whatever, um, holding space for that is a practice. Holding space for yourself is a practice and outsourcing healing is also a practice. And so at the end of the day, you know, the choice is always yours. The choice is, you know, would do, and this is not even like a loaded question. I'm genuinely asking you, you know, would you rather engage in this practice of, you know, whenever you need a healing going to somebody else to go get it or whenever you need a healing, showing up empowered and doing it for yourself. That's all that this is, you know? And what the underworld, as I I think I mentioned earlier, what the underworld highlights within us is exactly where we are in that choice, you know? So the underworld, when those situations come up, they really, you know, show us whether we are showing up as our own healers or not, you know, or not. And if we want to choose, because we can choose at any given time if we want to show up as our own healers. Oh, and that's also a beautiful thing, you know, Um, those different, all of these experiences, but also the underworld too, you know, think of it as like, kind of like your training, you know, as like your, as in, you know, being your own healer, you know, those experiences, just like the other archetypes and just like every experience, they are showing you new ways in which to show up as your own healer. 
However, you will be missing out on them if you choose not to hold space for yourself. You know, so that's really it. You know, there's no there's no right or wrong way to do it. I've been on both sides. It just so happens now I'm in the I'm on the other side of just, you know, for me personally, I have learned so much more than I could ever have imagined, more than I really ever thought was possible by showing up for myself as my own healer, honoring the creative consciousness within myself, the prayer, you know, really, really learning about what it means for me, again, for me to learn about my own shadow because, and like, again, everybody's experience of the shadow is different. Everybody's definition of the shadow is different. So this idea that we are even all meant to engage with, you know, our shadow in the same way or that, you know, shadow work looks the same is crazy because that's just, it's, it's all so different, you know, and it's also personal. So again, sharing stories of how we engage with our shadows, that's not a bad thing, you know, at all. In fact, it's a great thing to know that there are people out there that are interested in, you know, the same kind of, I guess, development of the soul that you are. And, you know, connecting with those people is something that we would have not have been able to do 20 years ago, possibly 10 years ago. I can't remember, honestly, you know, when these things became popular. Um, But that was not even a choice, you know, a long time ago. So I'm very, very thankful for that. But I think it it's time. And this is what, you know, inspires me every single day. It's time to learn really how to be our own healers. So that way, you know, we learn it again. It's like it's something that just it's the gift that keeps on giving, you know, learning how to be our own healers allows us to embrace all aspects of this experience which then again teaches us more about how to be our own healers and space holders. So I think that's like a, that's a good place to stop. I'm so proud of myself for keeping it like under an hour and a half, even like closer to an hour, because that's like not easy for me to do because I'm like, I could talk forever about these things, but I will just, you know, pick up next time, you know, with, some, I'm not sure which story will come through next time, but I'm definitely excited to figure out which one it is. So thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Honestly, every single time I learn something new about, you know, the archetypes that I didn't necessarily, you know, wasn't aware of before. And that's why I love doing this so much. I really, really enjoyed, you know, sharing this space for you with you. And I keep forgetting that this is a podcast. So um, if you could leave me a rating and review, um, that would really, really help me out. I'm still, you know, learning the ins and outs of, you know, what it is that, you know, you're like supposed, I don't know. I I, I don't like doing anything that I'm like supposed to do, but um, yeah, that would, that would mean the world to me, you know, rating and review. So thank you so much for, you know, being here with me. And I look forward to connecting with you soon.